The sponsor for The Shepherd's Crook for the month of April is Zero Mile Mark. For a limited time only, listeners can head over to ZeroMileMark.com and take advantage of the free tent promotion. Zero Mile Mark is a veteran-owned company that strives to offer high-quality, active outdoor sports gear. They're on mission to get people outdoors by offering an array of products like tents, backpacks, hammocks, sleeping pads, lighting, and more. All sales have a 30-day warranty and ship via two-day shipping to 97% of the United States. It's a free tent, it's easy checkout, it's fast shipping. Head over to ZeroMileMark.com and add any item into your shipping cart, and when the cart exceeds $30, a tent will appear automatically for $0. It's ZeroMileMark.com. Check it out today. I personally know their owner, Brian. He's a great guy, and he's partnered with us to do a great giveaway. It's a 35-liter outdoor pack and their dome tent. You can follow the links in the show notes and sign up today. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. It is episode 89 today, and I'm going to be talking to you today about the worst book I've ever read, Bill Johnson's book. God is good. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I need wisdom and uh, insight here to be able to speak clearly about wolves and wolves in sheep's clothing, to be specific. And as I talk about this book, help me to be clear and precise. There's a lot of talk and conversation about Bethel and should we play their music or should we read their stuff or should we be influenced by them in any way? And God, help me to, I mean, just through talking about this book, be able to clearly say, no, we should not in any way. And, uh, and help it be convincing and wise. Lord Jesus, I trust that you're going to give wisdom. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. Hope everybody's doing well today. I want to remind you about the Shepherd's Crook Intensive before we get going here. We are leaving the 5th, May 5th, like a week and one day, to go to Eminence, Missouri for our two-night, three-day float trip. It's a 50-mile canoe trip down the Jacks Fork River. It's a beautiful river. The Upper Jacks Fork is one of the most beautiful rivers in the United States. I mean, it's unbelievable. And we're going to be talking about pastoral ministry, and specifically, we're going to talk about the manly pastor. So I've got four sessions I'm going to be teaching on, and then we're just going to be spending time just hanging out, talking about life and ministry. We've got 14 men at this point going. All of them but one are pastors or want to be pastors or interested in pastoral ministry. So Just excited about the group that's going to be going. If you want to go, there's still time. You can register even up to the day before. All you need to do is bring a tent and a sleeping bag, food. Everything will be included in the $170 registration fee. And so if you want to come, just reach out to me. You can go to theshepherdscrook.co and register and join us. We're going to be doing a carpool from Carbondale if you want to join that. If not, you can just join us in Eminence, Missouri at Circle B Campground. Anyways, I hope you come. It's going to be a lot of fun. Last year we only had four. This year we have 14, so I'm thrilled with the jump, and hopefully next year we'll have double that. When we get back from that, I'll do an episode just kind of giving an overview about how it went, and then you can be thinking about that for next year if you're not able to go this year. Okay, now I want to talk to you about Bill Johnson's book, God is Good. A friend of mine gave me this book who I believe is a a well-meaning believer, and she's a friend actually, and She gave me this book and asked me to read it, and I read it. Having heard about Bill Johnson and Bethel for years, 
I read this book and was absolutely horrified. It's the worst book I've ever read. It's the only book on my shelf that I have facing in the other direction, so you can't read the name of the book on the spine. <laughs> it's horrible. I was actually counseling with a gentleman one time who said, that one book right there has been driving me crazy. Why is that turned the other way? And I said, oh, it's because it's the worst book I've ever read, and I don't want you to know that I have it. So I, I flipped open this book and started to read. I wanted to read it because... The discussion about Bethel music and Bill Johnson had been going on for so many years, and I'd heard it, and I, our church would never sing Bethel anyways. It, you know, in the discussion about what music to sing, if, if the song is questionable and you have to defend the song, well, then just don't sing it. I mean, there's so many songs that, you, that are not questionable and you don't have to defend, so sing those songs. If, if it's controversial in any way, just don't sing them. Um, it's not a really a, a big conversation to have. If it's if it's questionable, just just drop the ones that are questionable. But I wanted to read this, and after reading this book, I, I don't even personally listen to any Bethel. Not that we won't even sing it, but I won't even listen to Bethel music. They came out with that really cool song that was a cover of a Johnny Cash song about a year ago, and I listened to that a few times and thought, boy, this is really cool. And then it just at a conscious level, I won't even listen to it anymore. It's not even I removed it from my phone. I just I can't. And I just keep going back to this book, God is Good. And if you go to the sources for a lot of the Bethel stuff and actually read what they have to say, you'll be horrified pretty quickly. It's not a matter of them being kind of just evangelical with a little bit of charismaticism mixed in. They are totally different from Christianity. I mean, this is out there. I'm not saying that everybody that goes to their church is not a believer, but I'm just saying Bill Johnson's book is clearly not a Christian book. It's awful. Let me give you a few reasons why. First, I'm completely blown away that Robert Morris, who is sitting on the board of counsel for Mark Driscoll now, <laughs> there's so much comedy there, Robert Morris wrote a foreword to this book. And the fact that he wrote a foreword to this book, I wonder if he even read it, because I'm just going to read you some of these excerpts. There's so many people here who have, who have put their name to this book, and it's just horrifying. Let's just say a few things, and then I want to really dive into the deceit here, because he uses a, an A.W. Tozier quote as if Tozier would have agreed with him. It's so, it's so deceitful that it's just beyond words. Okay, let's just read some of this stuff first, just on page 30 here. Now, page 30 is like on chapter 1, because there's so much forward and hullabaloo at the beginning. But here's what he has to say. God is a father. If I were to do to my children what many people think God does to his children, I'd be arrested for child abuse. People say God is good, yet they credit him with causing cancer and natural disasters and even blame him for terrorist activities. Okay. Now, if, if I mean, any Christian with like a any brain whatsoever and knowledge of their Bible understands that God is not evil. But we also understand that God is sovereign over all things. There's nothing out here that's going on outside of his control. No matter which way you look at it, if God is causing or God is allowing things to happen, God is working all things to the counsel of his will. Every Christian, no matter what no matter what perspective you take, whether you're Calvinist, Arminian, whether you're I mean Presbyterian or non-denominational, you see the caricature of a statement like that. And what he's trying to pull here as he's pulling on emotions is not even sleight of hand. I mean he's just out there in the open trying to tear down a view of God that Christians have had forever. He keeps going. Let me let me get into a little bit more clarity here from him. There's a common thought among, among many that God causes or allows evil to take place so he can display his mercy. That would be like me breaking my child's arm to show my ability to give him comfort and then using my skills to reset the broken bone. People ask me, what about Job? My response is, what about Jesus? Job provides the question. Jesus provides the answer. The story of Job 
is about holding on to our faith in the midst of trials and seeing God restore everything brilliantly. But the story of Jesus is the one I follow. Now, for real, guys, this is so horrific. Bill Johnson literally just said that God doesn't even allow evil. In this book, he presents a clearly dualistic perspective of the universe, where God is doing his thing and Satan is doing his thing. And then it's like we're in the middle, and he presents us as the kingdom bringers, and basically we are the rulers of this universe, where God is just kind of cheering us on and hoping the kingdom gets ushered in and hoping that we get the job done. It's horrible. I mean, read this. I mean, when I was reading this, my jaw was literally dropping. I could not believe this. There's so many caricatures about everybody who disagrees with him is just thrown under the bus. He says, to attribute evil to God tragically undermines our purpose on this earth, and it cripples our ability to represent Jesus as the manifestation of God's goodwill toward men. Now, let me ask this question. Who, in all of evangelicalism and all of church history, Who attributes evil to God and says God does evil or that God is somehow not holy? He so caricatures and twists opposing views or differing views within Christianity that he villainizes everyone else in all of Christian history who doesn't agree with him, by the way. There's like literally him and his cronies are the only people who agree with him on this and like the people who buy into books like this. Again, godly people, the one who gave this book to me, she's a godly woman and a friend. I love her. And yet this book is absolutely horrible. I, I just can't understand how people can read this and their jaw not open. And they're like, it's almost like the, the book comes falling out of your hands. Like, oh my gosh. Ooh. Okay, we could uh, continue on here and read a couple more quotes. What might be more devastating in this view of God causing evil is that we ultimately compromise our ability to discern the difference between God's discipline and an actual demonic assault. Okay, he goes on the next page. He said, our hearts can take us where our heads cannot fit. Then we see the the roots of old liberalism here. It's time to re-examine our belief system and find out what the Bible really teaches about the nature of God. It really comes down to this. Many have rejected the clear revelation of the nature of God that is seen in the person of Jesus. What he proposes here is continuing to go back to the Gospels and take all of your theology from the Gospels as if the Gospels, the theology presented in the Gospels is in opposition to the rest of the Scriptures. Okay, here are a couple other things that are just alarming just in chapter 1. Good theology is essential, but theology without love is a loud, clanging symbol. Annoying at best. That's true. I believe that a true discovery of the goodness of God could heal this issue for us all. And now keep in mind, the true discovery I have circled with a note underneath uh, that says, according to Bill. True discovery of the goodness of God according to Bill. Because the goodness of God that he's talking about is not the God of the Bible in any way. In any way. I'm not saying like a misconstructed view of God from the God of the Bible. I'm talking about a completely different God. The God he presents in this book is not the God of the scriptures. And every every person in church history pretty much would agree with this. Here's some more examples. For example, if someone calls me on the phone and tells me that my sickness and suffering has been given to me by God to teach me to trust in him, I need to examine his word and see if it's the authentic word from God. God, the chief of all artists, has left us with a masterpiece through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Again, that's his canon, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The stories of the master's touch abound as a person after a person is healed and delivered from the love of his perfect father. As I study the four gospels, I must take note that I can't find any painting with this with the same strokes or colors. There's not one example of Jesus giving a disease to anyone. In fact, His lifestyle was the opposite. How about this, Bill? Is there an example of his his omniscience and his power and him being God? 
and him never saying that his works or his words are in opposition to anything in the Old Testament? How about the God in Exodus chapter 4 who says, Who has made man blind, deaf, or dumb? Is it not I, the Lord? And he is not evil to do so. He has good purposes, Bill, for all that he does and does not do. And Jesus is not at odds. He does all that he sees his Father doing. So as we just look at the first chapter of God is Good, it's just so horrible. I don't even have words for it. And I'm reminded of Acts chapter 20. And this is what every pastor, guys, as you're listening to this and thinking about Bethel music, or you're thinking about what's going on in evangelicalism and their growing influence, you have to be aware. Read stuff like that so you can know how terrible it is. The fact that he uses A.W. Tozier at the beginning of that chapter, at chapter 1, and here's the Tozier quote he uses, what comes to our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. We all know that Tozier quote. The fact that he would use Tozier, who wrote on the attributes of God and the knowledge of the holy, and who wrote with such reverence and awe about God, and then begin to talk about a God that Tozier would know nothing about, and act as if Tozier would agree with him, friends, that is straight up deceit. That's not just an accidental mistake, or I like that quote. He is actually trying to deceive people to think that Tozier would agree with him. It's deceit, and there's no excuse for it. We have to be able to understand the deceit of Bill Johnson and his cronies, as I said earlier. Acts chapter 20 says this, Pay careful attention to yourself and all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to drive the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert. Friends, wolves come from amongst the elders themselves. That's where wolves come from. They come with titles. They come with position. And friends, Bill Johnson is a wolf. He is not a brother. He is willfully deceiving people with false teaching. He may not know that himself, He may think himself to be so genuine and so honest, but the quotes that I just read, they're trying to build a caricature of every single believer in the history of the church and in modern-day evangelicalism across denominational camps and say, look how evil they are. He is drawing the line in the sand and saying, if you even think God allows evil, you're twisting the views of God. He is literally setting himself in opposition to every believer in, in the world and saying that everybody else is wrong. Friends, he's a wolf, and we should be able to recognize that. Pastors, pastors, not only should we not sing Bethel music, we shouldn't even listen to it. And if you have people that are being influenced by him and that movement, then it would be wise for you to be able to read that stuff and be able to present that to them. And if you have discerning people at all, they'll be able to see, wow, this is really, really out there. Anyways, hope it's helpful. Be thinking, there are wolves in our midst. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.